Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show on the Strickland YouTube channel, as well as the Strickland Podcast Network. If you're listening to this the day after, Knicks win. 118 to 111 versus the Utah Jazz to everyone's surprise. Um, pretty good game from Jalen Brunson, I would say, leading the way for this team. That's um, an understatement. Yeah, understatement. Yeah, I don't have the energy to really project how, how well he really played, but um, he definitely led the way, definitely sunned the Utah Jazz once again. Um, looking like he did it against them in the playoffs we had um good games from jericho sims 11 and 13 off the bench with um hartenstein in foul trouble i thought he held his own pretty well against the um the utah front court um emmanuel quickly 13 points off the bench in 25 minutes obi Toppin nine points three for three from three um or three for four from three actually he missed the three but um, six six rebounds, four assists. I thought he played pretty well in his limited minutes off the bench. But, yeah, I mean, the usual suspects. Oh, I didn't even mention Cam Reddish in the starting lineup, 19 points. Um, he also put together a solid stretch of games recently. So, you know, that's As a very proud member of Cam fam, you can't forget about Cam. All right. <laughs> where, I don't know where this development came from, but. We'll be here. But, um, yeah, Tom Thibodeau, he lives another day. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this, this win granted him like a grace period of like two more games. Um, but yeah, how are we feeling about the win and how are we feeling about, yeah. Too tired to enjoy the win. (laughs) Same. You guys are like fucking 20 years old. And we wake up at like 5am to go to our jobs. (laughs) So do I, I wake up, I, I, I'm up at the same time as Sam every single day. We talk in the morning, mostly. We were free. No, look, uh, I thought, look, it's a, it was a good, it was obviously a great win. Um, we haven't won in Utah in what? I don't even know the last time we won. I think the last time we won in Utah, Tim Hardaway Jr. might have gone off. So it's yeah, been a while. I think, I think that was a Tim Hardaway pop-up. Yeah. Uh, I think, Gal- I think Ga- Galloway might have gone off, too. Uh, shout out, Langston Galloway. Um, but no, I, I think, uh, I think it, it was a good win. There were a lot of good performances from a lot of players that I want to potentially have on the team for a while. Uh, and then there was another guy who played like crap, uh, who's played like crap the entire year, and the Knicks overcame that. And that's fine. Like, that's what it is. But uh, I don't think anybody should, like, see this game and be like, oh, my God, they, they figured it out. Everything is fine because they went to a nine-man rotation. I thought there was one thing that Tibbs did that I actually really liked. I liked him giving RJ like three stints in each half instead of two. Like he split it up uh, with, you know, he, he took him out first, kept Cam in, so quickly was in for RJ. Then he would sub out Cam for RJ. Um, and then he took out RJ again for Cam or whatever it was. And then he closed both halves with him. Uh, but he gave him like three separate cents. Now, is that because he was sick and he's trying to just buy him some rest? Is that because he's trying something new? Is it something that we can bank on happening long term? I don't know. I would like the thing is that Tibbs has generally never done subs like that. So if he is now going to do that, that would be genuinely like super impressive to me. And I would be very happy about that. Um, but like, I don't trust it. And then, I mean, the the Randall Obi stuff is just I, I there's no point in even like it's just stupid like it it just is stupid you can play them together this was a perfect game to play them together which he did for like a minute at the end of the first half because of foul trouble um they looked fine I I don't know I I just if he's never gonna try it in games like this and he doesn't want to then we are just stuck in a world where Obi will only exist to give Randall rest even though he outplayed him tonight and he definitely should i think he should just close the game with with obi um i definitely think he could have left him in for a bit more in both halves at the very minimum so you know uh, it is what it is but like uh the final thing that i think needs to be discussed is and also worth mentioning um you know quickly and cam obviously had great games brunson was awesome as a closer 
Uh, RJ did not have a great shooting night from the free throw line, but I thought that he he battled through some stuff and he gave he gave the Knicks something tonight, which is you know it is what it is. You have nights like that and you're sick and okay, fine. He, he competed for the team, good for him. Um, Obi was really good in his minutes. Jericho Sims was awesome tonight. He he was huge for them. I thought tonight. Uh, I think he was their best player tonight. Yeah, I, th- I think you could argue that he was really really good. He he came in. I thought he was way better than Hartenstein. Uh, he plays with he played with physicality. I mean, his I don't even understand like his jumping. Like I just don't get it. Um, but it's fantastic. And then uh, you know, but like all that being said, the one thing that like needs to be discussed and I think is relevant is like. Is Quent, Quentin Grimes just it, like, w- is he, did he not play tonight? Cause it's the first night of a back to back and he's still working him back. Is he out of the rotation for right now? And like, what the hell are we doing? Because I know that the deal was, it wasn't as simple as like, Oh, if you gave up Quentin Grimes, you got Donovan Mitchell, but it's like, he was I mean, kind of held out of most of the conversation. Yeah. Like if, if, so if like that was pretty the way, significant, right. if he's right. not playing. Yeah. And if that's the way he was treated, like, I don't care what, like I don't care what the reasoning is for it, other than an injury. If it's if it's literally just an injury thing, and he's like, we don't want to rush him back, and that's the, what the medical staff is saying, then fine. But if, the, if this is just Tibbs being like, no, I just I want to take a look at this nine man rotation, then like I, again, this is just another thing that like if that's how it's going down, then use the front office. If you allow that to happen, like you're putting you should you should be putting yourself at risk with that decision because. <clears throat> You should be able to be like, Tom, get the fuck out of here. Like, Grimes is in the rotation, bro. Um, and if that's not yeah. going to be the case, then somebody's got to answer for that because... Front office has no balls, that's yeah. why. I mean, some, but it's, somebody's got to answer for it one way or the other because if, if he was really being, you know, if they just would not... If he was the final piece, if they had everything else lined up in the trade and he was the final piece to get it done and you said, no, you can't do that, and now you're not even playing him. If he is healthy, that's a problem. Hope I mean, it would be if he's not healthy and they're just resting him, fine, then so be it. But, like, that's definitely a discussion, and I think it's a concerning one. Yeah, I I hope it is a matter of, like, it's a back-to-back so they don't rush him and they figure that maybe they have a chance against Denver because Jokic which doesn't have to be out. And I hope that was the philosophy going forward. But if it's a matter of like he's just not in the rotation after being untouchable this summer, then everybody just kind of looks like a clown. Especially when he could give you something that you've been missing, like defensive intensity and his ability to shoot the ball, both the things that you've been struggling with as a team so far in this early season. So I don't understand that logic. I hope there's more context behind it. And if there isn't, then even in a win, that's another indictment on tips. Yeah. I mean, you guys perfectly said it. I mean, Grimes offers exactly what this team lacks so severely. And if he's not playing, then I just don't understand what is going on between the front office and the coaching staff in terms of communication and like whether they're on the the same page, which has been, which has been like something that the fan base has always been questioning throughout this whole tenure it's like are dibs in the front office on the same page um and a lot of times it seems like they haven't been so yeah um i do want to get into the fourth quarter because i think that's where like the tide obviously shifted um emmanuel quickly eight points i think straight off the bat um he had like a steal and i believe an assist in that short little spurt in the beginning of the fourth quarter Um, where he really brought some energy and really changed things. And then, you know, Obi doing Obi things. Um, And then Jalen Brunson just took it home by hitting clutch shots, isolating against um, Mike Conley in the post several times, just abusing him and just doing whatever he wanted. So I think that stretch right there really kind of like sealed the win for the Knicks, even though Utah did attempt a comeback. And I don't know if we do we want to get into why they were able to attempt a comeback. Um, <laughs> it was I, it, it was, was Julius Randle shitting himself on the court. And if I'm saying that, you know it's true. I'm glad did, I didn't have to say it. Um, he had like that that okay. There's I also want to say this. I want to say this. It's like, look, we're we're gonna criticize Julius, but like, 
him and Hartenstein together, that might be the dumbest starting front court in the NBA. Like, I, I don't understand what these guys, like, what is going on in their head. But there was that possession. So it's 107-93. Utah comes down. They take a three. I mean, it was out of a timeout. And and for some reason, MSG loves to, like, show us close-ups of, like, Will Hardy yelling or some bullshit. So we couldn't see how the play started. But all we, like, it. so you see the shot go up. Julius jumps up to get the rebound. He does one of those things where, like, he jumps up and then he, like, collapses in a heap and he's, like, throwing his elbows around, trying to get a foul or something. Uh, the ball just, like, goes – it rolls out to Markin. defense mechanism. Yeah, yeah, it is his defense mechanism. But it goes out to Markin. And, okay, so by this point, Randall's back up, and Hartenstein's, like, kind of there. And they both just watch Markin and, like, pick up the ball, line up the seams, make sure it's, like, feeling real nice on his fingertips – and like he, he he drains a three, but it's like that was ridiculous. There was one in the in the last I think they're the last three they made. So it's one seventeen one away right after uh, I think uh, RJ threw an alley oop to Cam. Yeah, they come down. They just run a basic. It's just like a very basic high pick and roll because they're just trying to get a shot off real quick. Or like you should be switching that right. You either switch that or you have Brunson go over and make Conley take a difficult pull up with Brunson coming behind or he has to drive for two. What does Randall do? He says, Randall stands in the paint. Like he just stands in the paint and he watches I think it was either Markin or Olinick, whoever it was. Olinick. Olinick line up an open three and drain it. And I'm just and he didn't once it, this is not like Conley made the pass and then Randall tried to get back out there. No no no. Ra- like Conley made the pass and Randall was sitting there with the finger up his ass. Like just <laughs> You know, oh, like what's around there? Like he was doing absolutely nothing. It's just I, I can't understand this guy. I think like at some point, you can tell me the contract and the front office, but like, I think the front office's sin here, if anything, is like just not not firing Tom Thibodeau. But like, you can't if you're trying to defend Tom Thibodeau's choices. Like you can't defend these choices. He took oh he took Obi out in both halves. Why? Why did he do it? Because they came back with Markin and Olinick. Like I'm sorry, Lowry Markin. And I'm happy he's having a great start to his you know career in Utah. And Prez thinks he's like an all star now or something. Uh, yeah, Prez needs to be slapped in the face every time he talks about that nasty yeah. ass agenda. Jumbo wing. It's a it's like a racist big, agenda or something. Big, I don't big know. Warrior, yeah. bro. Yeah, and then and then he uh, and and so like, but it's like Lowry, Markinet, and Kelly Olynyk. I'm sorry, Obi's playing well. This isn't like Giannis coming into the game or something. And even if it was Giannis, like, is Randall going to stop Giannis? But the point is like, if you can't trust Obi against these guys as a coach, given what you're seeing from him and how he's playing and the way he's shooting, like, then uh, then what? Like, are you you don't you're not evaluating players properly then that's just what it is like you're not evaluating players properly and you're not giving the guy a shot because even if you want to bring back Randall in that situation OB is out playing Hartenstein why do you need to bring Hartenstein back in they just have Hartenstein sit and, and play them together it's fine like it, th- this is the stuff with Tibbs where it's like he'll never be good enough on the margins he never will and even in the fourth quarter and we should talk a little bit about this and, 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 you know, since I always like to take a crap on Tyrese, Tyrese can take a little victory lap here. But um, at the end of the fourth quarter, what, like people are like, oh, like, like it's just so great having a point guard. And it's like, yeah, it is great having like Jalen Brunson and he's like making all these shots. But it's like that offense is garbage. It was, it was it's so nasty. It's garbage. It was it's... literally let Jalen Brunson cook and it worked. That was the worst part. It, it's, it only worked because it's like a midget Mike Conley guarding him. Literally, and it's also because Jalen Brunson is fucking him. But like, it was literally just Jalen Brunson ISO one four spread picking. Like, it was literally just pick and roll and spread and fly. But then and when he got Kelly Olynyk switched on him, he like settled for like a long three, and I was just like, uh, uh, and then okay. like he had the next pass to Cam, which was a good one. But I was just like, yeah, this office is kind of garbage, and. That's when you quickly should have been back in the game in order to get them a second ball handler because they were missing ball handling in that lineup. Especially with RJ not being RJ didn't feel anything. Like he had no lift in his legs. Um Cam was their Cam was the second best player on that starting lineup. 
and that should not be happening in a closeout situation in the clutch. Like, that should not be happening. Like, I don't know why they decided to run with Hartenstein. I kind of feel like Hartenstein didn't do anything. And I'm just like, you can play Toppin, you can play Grodd. Like, you could have ran small ball with Randall if you wanted to. Just keep Randall at the court, whatever, fine. But, like, it should have been IQ closing that lineup because at the very least, you have the ability to contest with IQ, KM, and RJ. Like, Hartenstein and Randall at the court at the same time achieves nothing. It's a dumb lineup. And truth be told, I don't understand what Hartenstein is going to do better than Sims. Is They're just going to play Hartenstein and drop and dump and not let him pass. Yeah, that's that's my thing that that uh, that um I know that 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 Reddit post I guess was a joke or like a parody or something that like about Arnstein's fiance saying that what? we're not using him correctly. It it was a, like I guess someone made a parody of um Arnstein's fiance and said that we weren't the Knicks aren't using him properly and I I think unironically un- that parody was kind of correct. We don't use Arnstein at all the way that he succeeded on the Clippers like like the whole reason for Hardenstein is that he basically he gives you something that he, you he's didn't an offensive hub. He's an offensive hub, especially from like the high post, and he's able to do things with like cutters and shooters and stuff. And we don't utilize him like and that. And we haven't played like Nerlens Noel. No, no, but right, we haven't played like Tosh Gibson, where yes, he basically, basically is playing in drop, takes the occasional corner three, and does no ball handling. Like and does the floaters. Yeah, and the floater and like. Why is he playing like that when his benefit is literally the opposite of that? Like he should not be averaging less than an assist per game. Especially when you look at him averaging two and a half assists per game with like Cleveland and of course again two and a half assists with um, the Clippers last year. Like the way he's being utilized makes no did, sense. Did he even have an assist today? I don't think he did. Yeah, like I, and just to build off this, it's not oh, so he, it's he like he did. He did. He had one. Okay, so but it's it's not just the lack of passing that's concerning to me. It's like you see this in a lot of stuff. I think his free throw rate is the lowest it's been. Not that he's ever been like a super high free throw rate guy, but like he it's the lowest of his career. And he's taking by far the most threes of his career, three point eight temper eight of his career. So like to me, it looks like Tibbs is effectively using him the same as other centers, but he's also like he probably saw him make a couple threes, and he's like, yeah, yeah, he's a floor spacer. So he's sitting in the corner a bunch, too, to, I think, create space for Randall when Randall wants to go to the rim. And it's just like, I don't know. Like, I just hate the logic, but it's also like, <laughs> I would like to see him do more offensively than just be a floor spacer. Yes. Because he can do more offensively. that's what we brought him here. Like, that's the general idea of why exactly. you're like, like that here. So, like, again, the front office basically said, okay, this is a different type of center from what we're usually running with Nerlens Noel, Taj Gibson, so on and so forth. And then you just make him Taj Gibson. And if you're going to make him Taj Gibson, why did you bring him in to not play, like to play over Jericho Sims, but Jericho Sims does what you want him to do. Like Jericho Sims gives you a lot of what Nerlens Noel gives you, but he's also does the short roll passing. He can do stuff with um, his athleticism. He's just a better, like he's a better archetype of player for what Tibbs wants. So it just kind of feels like, again, there's a disconnect, and there shouldn't be a disconnect, especially if you're bringing in a guy whose whole thing is literally, I pass ball, I shoot. So it's not, it's I not, I don't think that's a, that, see, that one to me isn't a disconnect. That's just like a coach who doesn't. Being stupid. Yeah, he, he, so it's like, if, if I, if, if I sign, like, if I sign Odell Beckham, right? And I'm just like, hey, you know what you I want you to do? I want you to just go across the middle and like run to the sticks and just be like my third down receiver guy. Like that would be a terrible use of Odell Beckham. Can he do it? Yeah, yes. he can do it because he's really fucking good. Sign up, you'll be doing it for the Giants. But yeah, maybe. But like either way, the like like so Hartenstein, can he do the things that Tibbs wants him to do? Yes. Yeah, he's like he can do them. It's fine. I think I'm pretty sure his. So the I'm pretty sure the points per possession on. Uh, any screen and roll that he is the one setting the screen, I think he is the highest like points per possession out of any of the bigs on the team. So like he's clearly able to do those things, even if he's he goes about it differently, right? He's not gonna like run to the rim super hard for lobs. He kind of like has to keep that pocket open so he can get into his floater range. So he he does it and he does things well. But like you're right, like you're not you're not actually tapping into what was like kind of the reason 
for signing him in the sense that he gives you some versatility at that position that you didn't have before. And if your coach can't see that, like you can tell the coach like, Hey, he does these things. I'm sure like he's aware that he's done those things right in, in with the Clippers, like Tibbs coached with Tyron Lou. I'm sure they have a relationship. I'm sure he talked to him about it. Um, like I, he's, he has to be aware of these things. I think he's even talked about it, right. That he's like, like that he likes Hartenstein's passing and he can shoot the ball and all this stuff. Like, so he's aware of like these things that he can do, but he like, this is a like Tibbs. This is the sum of his creativity. Like th- there's nothing more coming. This is not like, like, it's not like he's going to add like layers to this offense. And we're going to see like all this wonderful ball movement flowing stuff. It's not going to happen. This is what it is. And so like, as long as he's here, there's really, I mean, I, I know it's actually ridiculous that I say this, but it's like, there's actually no point in getting upset about some of this stuff. Cause it's like, what are I was you saying, do? I was <laughs> saying to Tyrese in the last stream, I was like, what, like, there's nothing to be upset about anymore. Like we know what we're getting. With yeah. This, this, this is point. like being in Seattle, being shot that it rains. Like that's just kind of how it is. Yeah. So or like, just like being upset that it snows in New York like, city. Like, like, you know I'm not upset. like I'm not upset about it. I'm just kind of like disappointed. Like, yeah. I like, I'm just, yeah. I have the disappointment of an immigrant father. It's just whatever, dude. Oh, right. Before we get into comments, everyone's favorite part of the show. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Okay, matchups. Um, you know what? Let's stick with the Knicks. Um, I will take Emmanuel quickly and Cam Reddish's overs. Cam Reddish, three games in a row, having a good game. You're playing dangerous money. I I am, but you know what? Why not? Scared money ain't make no money. Um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN as you see in the corner of your screen. Make any five dollar bet this week and get two hundred dollars in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes or show description for details. All right, let's get to some comments. Yeah, you know, you know what it is. And before everybody else starts, I coined that shit. What? And everybody could have said the Emmanuel quickly shit. That was my shit. And everybody to understand that was my it's, shit. It's very hard because all we remember you for is just disgusting Julius Randall standing. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I made I made the bold over light RJ video. That was fire. Anyway. Um, all right, so Chris, first first comment we got is not um Brian Bernstein or whoever used to be in here early, but um, shout out to him. But um, Chris Bernhardt he said this was our easily RJ's worst offensive game in a little bit. He's sick. Um, I mean, he had this and the I mean, this and the OKC game. I think the OKC game was far more. Um, I don't even think the OKC game was really that bad offensively he just he really didn't get a chance to like even like finish the game really his 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 night was over at after the third quarter um, yeah so. I, I don't know if he was i don't know if he was sick at during the okc game i think breen said that he had been sick over the weekend too um i don't so like tonight he actually visibly like looked ill yeah he looked ill so i'm i'm willing to give him a pass like I would like if he could still make his free throws when he was ill, but like yeah, three straight is unacceptable. But you could see like on the threes, it didn't look like he had much lift, or on the rim, it didn't look like he had much lift. And like, let's be honest, like he's not exactly the most like vertically explosive player anyway, so mm-hmm. that that affects him uh, pretty. It affects him a lot, and then it didn't help that on a few of his takes in transition, Randall decided that he needed to uh, plop <laughs> himself right in the middle of the lane. So uh, that was a little tough, but it was not a great offensive game for him. 
I, I will say I actually did like some of his passing today. I, I don't know if he even racked up a bunch of assists, but I thought he actually made good reads on his yeah. drives today. Um, and it's good that he got to the line, even though he didn't convert them. Obviously, that helps. And like, like I, I if this is the worst of his games and he's sick, like I'm fine with that. The OKC game was it was terrible because what he did is. He thought he was getting fouled early in that game, driving to the or driving to the rim, and so he just kept doing it and kept expecting to get fouls and putting up terrible shots. And it was like, like That's that. What I do in two K. Yeah, those are the games that like I hate those games because that game and the Memphis game, the first game of the season, those are the two games that he did that the most in. If you take those games out, just take those games out and look at the rest of his season, it would look a lot better. His season would look like a lot better if you just take out the two games. So he's got, he cannot have those games. Those games are killers for his like averages and whatever. And I guess it doesn't matter because he signed his contract, but like shit, man. Like for me, it looks uh, bad on fan, us. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm we go to, hard for him. Look, I'm trying to go to that basketball reference page and see nice, a nice yeah. 55 true shooting. That's all I'm trying to see there. Right. How do you think I feel right now, bro? <laughs> when I'm arguing in Twitter threads and like people are pulling up like his like unassisted baskets and stuff like that percentage and like his turnovers on sick, like it's like RJ, you're not making it easy for me, man. Hey, man. All right. All, all I'm saying is over here at Julius Mando Island, he's on a good 58% really all right. life right now. All just, right. Anyway, um, I honestly thought today was his best passing game. I, it felt like today was his best passing game, and I kind of felt like he knew it had to be his best passing game because he wasn't able to do the things he normally does at the rim because he's been traditionally strong at the rim so far. But like, he was able to pass and manipulate defenses really well. 14 free throws obviously means that he was able to get to the paint at will, even though he wasn't able to convert a much, convert much. But like, I feel like this was his best like slasher passing in terms of like like playing his archetype. He played his archetype really well today even though he wasn't able to convert on the opportunities. But yeah, like if he plays like that and he's healthy, I can buy into that. Yeah. I mean, he, I think like I, the thing that's really frustrating, I think with just like RJ in general is like, I know that in his head, he feels like I have to be like a star and like, I get it. Like, of course you want him to be a star. You want him to develop into that. But, like, I think he is viewing it as, like, I have to make these, like, off-the-dribble shots and, like, get to the rim and score, like, 30 a nighter. And in my head, I'm watching this, these games, and I'm like, do you want to know how you could get a, pretty close to being a star? By just making the right reads every, like, just it's making super basic reads. low-hanging fruit that he can, yeah. like, The passing up. stuff is the is the easiest one. Like, because he is collapsing defenses so consistently it's like, dude, do you know that there are just open shooters around you? And I understand we're not shooting the three ball very effectively so far this year, but like, I don't care. Just make better decisions. Like, they're, better, want... they're better than percentages as well. Like, they're yeah. significantly better than percentages. Yeah. 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 And, and also, like, if he makes those reads, those are better quality shots. Guys will probably hit those at a higher clip. Like, he's just, he's so close to being way more effective than he has been. It's like just on him to simplify. He's in his head too much. Yeah. Um, All right. Jordan Bub asks, can someone tell me what Randall did in the third quarter for him to play for Obi in the fourth quarter? I I wouldn't be surprised if Tim would have been like, oh, you know, it's a rest thing. You know, Obi's not played so many minutes in the third and the fourth quarter. Like, he didn't do anything. Like, the only benefit to playing Randall in the fourth quarter would have been because you played him next to Obi and Hardstyle gave you nothing. And because Sims was in foul trouble. That's the only logic I could think of. But like, and I would actually be I actually would like that because we saw at the end of that um the Philly game, like whatever yes, defensive issues, rebounding issues, blah blah yes, they, they were all exist. But like when you put Brunson in an offense where like are is Randall the best floor spacing five? No. But like that lineup has the most space that you're probably gonna get for this team. Um, that is like a lineup that Tibbs might conceivably play. We saw like Brunson with space, like, bro, there's not a team that can keep him out of the paint and stop him from getting like the shots that he wants. Um, he's just got way too much in his bag. And like, it, like he, he, it's, it's kind of like a cheat code if you are willing to use it. 
but we have the one coach in the NBA who's like, this lineup might be very good offensively. I don't want to try that yeah. out. <laughs> I, I just like, I, I don't get it. But yeah, um, that was the only context I would have wanted Randall on the floor in the fourth quarter. And I kind of feel like when he was in, I'm just like, oh, you're in, but the hard signs with you. So what are we doing here? I just, I don't know. It's hilarious. I tweeted about this earlier about how like Knicks fans, they're so like zoomed in on our like situation. Like they don't realize how many other coaches in the league would like do so many things differently. Like I had someone ask me today, like who would start, what other coach would start Obi over Randall? And it's like, there are, there are plenty, but they would just look at the data and they would make their decisions based on that. But we have the one coach that says he looks at the data but doesn't actually look at it and does his own bullshit. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I just ah man, Jalen Brunson is going like Tom Dillon should be giving like game checks to Jalen Brunson and Emmanuel quickly, like daily. Because whenever this team needs a bailout or whenever this team needs to get shit going, it's just kind of like Jalen Brunson here and for whatever reason, he's been making the work. He's gonna parlay it into like an all-star berth, hopefully. But like, man, he just Tom Thibodeau is just holding this team back. Like, and once again, we're getting into a situation where situation where it's like nobody in the team's getting optimized, and I really do not like the fact that it's been three years running with that, and two of the three years he's had like an all-star level fulcrum to like hide some of those mistakes, but now it's just like it's harder to hide because just the talent level of the, of like the league is getting higher and we aren't able to match it as effectively in the starting lineup and with our creators. Um, yeah. Um, Jordan Bubb says, okay, here we go. Here's a good one. IQ on defense that was so, I guess, disruptive, I guess this was supposed to say, and aggressive caused so many turnovers for Utah. Um, and when the shots start to fall, that's, parent, that's potentially – that's potentially perennial six man of the year candidate. No man, he's just an Alonzo Trier with some with some braids in his hair. Like, what you call it? There was a tweet today that like talked about like um since 2020-21, leaders in plus minus. It's like a bunch of stars in the NBA, and then there's like Emmanuel quickly like right in the middle there, and it's hilarious because like if you ask the average Knicks fan or like one of the older Knicks fans, they'll be like, oh, he's just a garbage like. If you ask the old player. head thread, if you ask the if you ask the old head thread. Yes, if you ask old like, thread, they'll be like, he's just shot, a garbage bench guy. Shot chucker. He's no a shot chucker. He doesn't like Cam Reddish. Like, trade him for, trade for Cam Thomas. We need real hoopers. Like, uh, dude, I, the most like, – so, okay. So, Obi Toppin right now, he's shooting 42.5%, 42.4% from three, okay? Wow. Um, this is from Andrew Claudio. Obi Toppin is now shooting 42.4% from three on eight and a half attempts per 36 minutes. Okay, this front office, guess what? In their first draft, they basically hit a fucking home run. They basically hit a home run, okay? And I know there are people who be like, oh, they could have drafted Desmond Bain. It's like, all right, if that's what we're going to do, if we're going to be like, oh, they, <laughs> they could have drafted, they should have drafted. Yeah, like if we're going to do that, okay, they basically hit a home run with this draft. And we're in year three of these guys, and they want to just keep them in these like 25 to 20-minute max type of roles and not see what they can do with bigger minutes, with bigger responsibility, with more on their plate. And it is so stupid and it's so frustrating because it's like, like you guys, you guys did the hard thing. You did the hard part. Like you did the part of picking good players in the draft. Good job. Now fucking play them. Now prioritize playing them. Like, look, I, I, I'm I'm as sick as anybody you know, every time Memphis is on my TV, you got to hear about how I was just they about are. to bring up Memphis yeah. and the, like how they, they actually prioritize opening up room for their young guys. They opened up room this offseason for guys like John Conchar and Santi Aldama, whoever the hell they are, to actually get minutes to see what they can do. And they're productive rotation players in Memphis's rotation yeah. on a winning basketball team. Yeah. And it's just, it's just really frustrating that like we like. And look, the worst part is, you know, and I, is gr- the Grimes thing. Like, because we don't know. We have no idea if Grimes is healthy or if he got held out for medical reasons or if 
Tibbs is just being a fat boomer. Like, we don't know what's going on. But, like, like even if he's healthy, even if he's cleared to play, we already know he's not going to start now, which is fine, by the way, because Cam's playing well. So, Cam, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not shitting on Tibbs for that. But we also know that, like, that, that Grimes will only play, like, 15 minutes a night. And it's just like, and, and not just that, like, even in situations where, let's say you're playing a team that's playing super small, you have a coach who will never actually match that, right? So, like, in those situations where maybe you could play Grimes more, extend him more minutes because you want to play small or something, or you're, like, you, he, he won't do that. So it's just like you really have to be way more aggressive about clearing roster spots than they have been and, and clearing minutes and clearing roles for these guys. And, like, this is why I was concerned about Derrick Rose still being here with, with quick, like, because to me, by the end of last year, I was like, we don't need Derrick Rose at all. Nope. Like, I was ready to just roll the ball out there with quickly at the starting point guard and see what happened. I'm fine with them signing Jalen Brunson because Jalen Brunson's been really good and he's in his prime years. So, like, cool. But once you sign Jalen Brunson, that's why it became so important to move Derrick Rose to me, especially if you're going to bring back tips. It's so like, redundant. And not it, at first it seemed redundant, but now it just seems like totally unnecessary because, like, Derrick Rose looks like washed half the time or more than half the time. So it's just like, why is he even playing? He like, these are charity minutes. I'll, I'll give him respect. He had a decent game today. But like, he did. But he's getting charity minutes. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, I just didn't like the bench should really be IQ, Grimes, Obi, and Sims. Like, it works. It makes sense. They run. I just. You're making I, too I, much sense for Tom Thibodeau. I mean, I just Dude, even if you just look at even if you just look at somebody like Deuce, okay? Do, am I clamoring for Deuce to get minutes? Not really. Like, I I tweeted this out yesterday. I would like to see him get a shot over a Rose if it came to that. But like, I'm not dying to see Deuce McBride get minutes. But the point is, like, like I think many other coaches would have at least given him a shot at some point this year. And last year, you look it up. Him and quickly played 306 minutes, and yes, they're like these some of these really weird blowouts and whatever. But it's like they have like a plus 20 net rating. Do I think they're gonna be? A plus, do I think they're gonna maintain that net rating over a longer sample? Like, no, I don't. I don't but, know. It's manual quickly. Yeah, but that's but that's encouraging, and you should want to see more of that. And like we have games where those two, not and obviously not just those two, but those two helped along with others, key massive turnarounds, key victories. And I just don't really, like, you're not going to discover and lean into and explore any of these things with Tibbs as the coach. And, you know, look, Jordan Bub said this, and I do think it's worth saying, IQ on defense tonight was so disturbing and aggressive, causing so many turnovers for Jazz. And when the shots start to fall, that is potentially a perennial six-man-of-the-year candidate. I don't care. If the shot starts to fall consistently, this dude is, like, basically an all-star in hiding in plain sight. Like, that is the level of impact you're talking about right now. Because he's shot, like, absolute crap this year, and he's a massive plus because his defense is that good. He is that on point. He is that. The rebounding, the rebounding, distributing, like, it's all there. That left-hand pass he made to Jericho Sims, that's probably the best pass I think anybody on the Knicks has made this year. That pass was Easily. insane. That was awesome. Maybe, uh, and maybe, like, the Mitch pass, like, in overtime against, like, the Hornets, where like he basically like fakes him out, but like yeah, that that pass from quickly was nuts. Yeah, it was, and he he and actually it was I'm amazed that Wally was able to figure this out because it's Wally, but he was like yeah, he, he used his offhand oh. the entire time, and it was yeah, but like I mean, look, I I actually DM'd this to Prez after the OKC game, but I was like, I think I think quickly like I, I think he's fine now, like I, I think he got out of whatever the hell he was in because he wasn't like one of the things that's been really annoying at the start of this year is how dependent quickly has been on like getting screens to try and now then like create. And I thought the OKC game was the first time that he was just like rejecting screens or just not even calling for one and cooking guys in ISO. And it's like, that's what we saw at the end of last year. And that was where you were like, Oh shit. Like He's this is, a step. yeah, this is a massive step. And so it was kind of annoying to not see that. At, not even, it was, it was annoying to see that at the start of this year. But so the last two games, and then today I thought, you know, he didn't have like a massive scoring game, but some of his moves off the bounce, like he, he was just cooking some dudes. He had one on Walker Kessler where he absolutely froze him. Um, and it, which made me happy because Breen and, and Wally were talking about Walker Kessler, like, 
you know, he was prime Yo, Bill Russell. Wa- or Wally just could not get enough of Walker Kessler. He's like, I had a man crush on him last year in college. It's like, <laughs> all right, dude, let's relax. It's a basketball I, game. Like Walker Kessler, of all people that have a man crush on, is like the most <laughs> white trailer park trash ass take you can have. <laughs> like that is straight up like I voted for Trump. He I did. He's for like lives on Long Island. He definitely voted for Trump, dude. Like, okay, as know. somebody who lived on Long Island, he definitely did. Are you, is that your way of admitting that you voted for Trump? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm in Texas doesn't mean I'm voting for Trump. Um, you're, voting for, you're voting for DeSantis. Relax. <laughs> no, the, the other thing too, like we, you know, we talked about. I talked about the 2020 draft. They nailed that draft. Like 2021, Grimes. I think he's really good. I think he should be in the rotation. Hopefully, at some point. But like. Jericho Sims, they got him at the 58th pick, and this dude is out here like, like he's Fine. a legitimate NBA player. He's a guy who can get you a double double on a given night. Some of his decisions when he's like protecting the rim are really interesting. Um, but like he's got like real NBA rotation minutes, like he's got real ability. Um, I just like they've drafted well, which is why like it's frustrating that. They seem so content with Tibbs, like Tibbs's kind of approach and giving him the freedom to do what just he wants. Shitting all over their product, basically. Yeah, it's just it's really, really frustrating. And it's like it's one of those things where it's like I kind of like I'm at the point where I'm like, can we just fire them if they're not going to fire Tibbs? But then I'm also like, I I like that we have a front office that seems to be able to draft players. Like, I I don't yeah. know if like I I don't want to. So it's <laughs> it's a weird thing, but um. Yeah, I mean, look, we'll we'll just have to see, I guess. But I, look, I, all of, like the thing is, like, they're just their draft has been drafting has been pretty solid. They still have Rokas, who will probably come over in a year or two years. Um, he looks like a player for everything that people have said in Spain. Like they drafted pretty well, all things considered. You know, like the one guy that you would say that you're not sure is, you know, over a longer sample would be an NBA caliber rotation player is Deuce. But like I, I've seen enough from Deuce where I. Still intrigued by him, but like, like Javon Carter. But, sorry, say it again. Maybe like a Javon Carter esque kind yeah, of. Yeah, maybe he he's got to play with more force. Like I'm like, how do you? How are you a football player? Like why are you? Why do you play like softest football player ever? Yeah, like why do you just play so soft on offense? But then <laughs> I mean, he was a, he was, like this past. It's he, so he was weird. a quarterback, so like they're pretty soft. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> not 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 my quarterback. Not my quarterback. <laughs> We're not talking about your quarterback though. Yeah, I don't think I don't think my quarterback's problem is his toughness. Uh, but thanks for thanks for table. Yeah, but I, I uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's just this is this the frustrating thing, and it's like this game was really fun. I'm happy the Knicks won. I'm sure. especially happy they won in you know against the Utah Jazz um, and Danny Ainge. Like I'm happy about all that, but it's like all the issues that like I. This doesn't thinking, hide those issues. Yeah, like whatever I thought 20 minutes before the game. And I it's funny thing too. Yeah. I saw someone tweet and I actually was I quote tweeted them. I was like, there's no way you're drawing a conclusion after one half of basketball. I'm gonna pull up the tweet right now so I can read it. Um, here's what they said. Everyone got their jokes off this morning, but it looks like to me the players meeting held last night has lit a fire under this team. This is the defense I envisioned before the season started. Not perfect, but much improved in all caps. Hashtag New York forever. I will not. Mm-hmm. I will not say the person's. Ad, I will not give them the publicity that they would want with this but tweet. I said I quote tweeted it, so you could just look it up. Yeah, they could just look on my. Yeah, just look on my feed. I'm not saying their name on the feed. Like you got to go through all the extra work. But yeah, this person. I was like, are you like? Do we not know with this basketball team? Have we not watched like just last year? Like players only meeting is not going to fix the issues of this team. Um, sure, it was nice to get a win. It was nice to see them play with defensive urgency. Um, it was nice to see them, you know, play a consistent, I guess, relatively forty-eight minutes tonight. But like, is this something that we're going to see every night? No. Like tomorrow we face Denver in high altitude on a back-to-back. Like, do you think they're going to be running around the court like that? I don't think so. Like, I would love for them to do that, but like, we know who this team is. They've shown us who they are. We know who they are. So, in fairness, Jokic is out, so 
Then again, Zeke Niaji might go off for like 40. So who knows? They still got Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. So Michael Porter Jr. is not moving me. Yeah. He moved the Bulls the other day. I mean, that's that's, that's the Bulls. Yeah, that, that happens. Are we uh, are we that much better? I yeah, but that's the Bulls. <laughs> well, like the Bulls. It's so funny. Like I've seen way too many people just being like, "Oh, the Knicks are in purgatory," and there's like they, and it's like I kind of get that, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't think that's accurate. Like, I'm not saying like we have the greatest position in the NBA, but it's like. I think purgatory is actually where the Bulls are, but people like seem to like love their team. It's like, oh, they have Levine and DeRozan, and they have stars, and it's like, okay, they have stars, and they're, you know, seven and seven. Like, who cares, <laughs> right? Like, like who cares? They have like, stars and like their benches, Andre Drummond, Goran Dragic. Uh, wow, Sacramento won this game one fifty three to one twenty one against Brooklyn. So, <sighs> a lot of good defense being played by the Nets. Uh, happy they, happy that firing Steve Nash fixed them. Um, that that somehow makes our loss to them look even way worse. Yeah. We're still we're still early enough in the season where some of this stuff is just weird. Like I like this Utah win feels awesome right now because they're what like ten and five and like do you I still kind of think they're gonna end up being really bad. Uh, like they're probably gonna be like a 30, 35 win team. So yeah, like I like I still think they're gonna be end up being pretty bad. And I'm pretty sure at some point soon Danny Ainge is gonna be like, yeah, this was cool, but. Uh, I'm trading. Time to tank. Yeah, I'm <laughs> literally trading. Like I would trade Markinen and Sexton right now for him. Their Sexton, value Sexton is at their highest sucked, that it's it's going to yeah. be. Sexton Sexton absolutely sucked tonight. By the way, he was so bad. Quickly owned him. Quickly young bull, young bull every yeah. Down. yeah, quickly fucking owned him. Um, is he still using whitening cream? <laughs> you know about that, Down Sexton. <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard it was like an acne cream that just had like an adverse side effect. Is that, that, what, skin, is that what he used? Skin. Is that his, it's so funny because like they have that shit in India too. So I'm like, I know what that is, bro. Like, <laughs> like my grandma, my grandma, you know, she was all about that. Yeah, no, I know, I know. What Sammy Sosa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You gotta be, you gotta be light skinned We like light skinned people here. That's what you want to be. That's the qualities we're looking for. <laughs> That was my grandma growing up. Like, you you played soccer all summer. You got really dark. Use this cream. <laughs> just yo, I just swear, like every like immigrant family like has like something, someone that did that. Like, it's insane. Uh, or like, or like your parent, like your grandparents, they like hold your nose together so that way your nose doesn't look as big, like. <laughs> Tyrese, this is a good question for you though here from Jordan Bubb. What would happen with which yeah. I think that's uh, a good I, I dude, I'm like I mean, like we know what's gonna happen. Sims is gonna get benched. They're gonna like I kinda like I really like Sims, dude. I don't know. I know that he's like hasn't really played that well until the last couple of games, but like I just think he's... he gives he just gives you something you don't have. I would, I would just not play Harden. He's an insane leaper. I feel like that's like that vertical threat is really useful off the bench. I just cannot get behind. Especially if you're five. not going to use Hartenstein the way that yeah. we're supposed to. If you're not going to play Hartenstein the way he needs to be played, then like, why are you playing Hartenstein over Sims when Sims does the role better that you envisioned? Yeah, it, it just makes no sense to me. So I would like when Mitch comes back, Harden's not going to go back to the bench, and Sims is going to be the third string, and like the bench unit is going to be the bench unit, the starters going to be the starters. Like hockey shifts, all that it, good it, stuff. It, it, it's the same old song and dance. Bad stuff. Like we we know it's going to happen. So like it's not even a question. Like I wish there was a different answer, but there's not. Someone named Kobe. Well, we were talking about the Bulls. Um, what would this team look like? Dan running Dan Tony ball. Well, I would think you'd see a lot more like you definitely see more of the lineups that we would like to see in terms of like more wings out there with like Obi or more wings out there with Jalen Brunson would be a monster. <laughs> Jalen Brunson with like the Chris Duhon juice would be like. <laughs> I, no, but I, do, see I, I do think I think we would, we would see small ball a lot more like yeah. this guy was comfortable running PJ Tucker at center like. The possibilities like, with this next team would be endless. You would literally see like Cam center lineups. Like you would see Brunson, IQ, 
Grimes, RJ Cam, and they would literally just go, we're going to just run around. And honestly, their lineup isn't too bad. It's that not sounds a, fun. Like, it would That's be a lot of shooting. Like, it and would defense. actually get killed on the boards, but like, you could switch everything with that lineup. That's a pretty fun lineup. Not going to lie. But, um, yeah, like. That's what the ball would look like. It, it would be interesting, though. It would be interesting. Should we bring D'Antoni home? No. <laughs> uh, Keep the man in his farm. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm, I've never been a huge D'Antoni guy. Um, but, like, I would. If he was, like, willing to be, like, an offensive coordinator for a coach or something like that, I would love to do that. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't think you. Like,. You, we're seeing it right now with Utah. Like you're you're seeing it with a bunch of coaches on the like. You don't need D'Antoni. Like D'Antoni is fine and wonderful, I'm sure. But like, like go. Guy. You can just. Why can't you try to identify a good young coach? You know, like is John one. Yeah, maybe they have one, and this is like another reason where it's like, like, like players and coaches. At the end of the day, once you know what they are. Like you want stars, right? That that applies to coaches too. You want an elite coach. Once you know a coach isn't elite, and you know what their limitations are and what their strengths and weaknesses are, you can move on. Like we know what Tibbs is. Tibbs isn't like the dumbest coach in the NBA, mm. but like the things he does, he's never going to change them significantly, and that puts a cap, that that puts a ceiling on how far you're going to get with him. You know, it, that's just the reality of it. You're not getting – even if you put a great roster on the team, he's never going to be the guy to lead it to the championship. He's not because he doesn't have the quick-wittedness in-game to move the margins in his favor, to work the margins. Um, is Johnny Bryant that guy? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you if he is or not. But that's why you kind of have an opportunity to see it if you fire Tibbs, let's say, by like – game you know 25 30 games in you fire him now you're talking about okay you're gonna get 52 to 57 games of johnny bryant coaching the team you're not gonna learn everything that you would ever possibly be able to learn about him as a coach but you're gonna learn a lot over that time and you're gonna be able to make a very educated decision um on hey look is he good enough that we should just roll with this guy's interim or as a permanent coach after this year or do we need to do a full coaching search and like that I think is worth pursuing and worth doing because if you dump Tibbs, like I, I we've talked about this, but like Tibbs is never gonna get a head coaching job in the NBA again. It's never you gonna happen. It. Yeah. So you're not giving up on a coach who is like, oh my god, but what if we just did? What if it's our fault? We didn't put the right pieces around him, and they, we gave up a you know. A, a real keeper like that's just not going to be the case it's not going to get another head coaching job in the nba so i i don't really get the huge downside and all this stuff like i don't think he's moving margins in a, a way that's like influencing and and giving us more victories than we should have um so i, I i've been saying this since last year i will continue to say this i think they should fire tibbs um but if they don't at some point that falls on them too, and they are putting themselves in a dangerous position. Um, how do we feel before we get into talking about tomorrow's matchup? Um, how do we feel about the um I, I saw today the article from The Ringer from about like two two years ago about the steps of um the steps in which like Thibs teams go through. How do we feel about the step that we are up to? We're up to step four, which is players only meetings. The seat is on fire. <laughs> like, Hopefully. Like it, it kind of feels like everybody kind of knows it's gonna happen soon. Um, I think Tibbs kind of knows himself is gonna happen soon. Uh which but like he basically didn't play Fournier today. Like he's starting to shorten the rotation a bit. I think he's starting to like grasp the straws. Um, reeking like, of desperation. I, I think by like, let's say December first, I think he's gone. Hmm. Okay. I mean, look. I think this this West Coast trip is going to end up saving him. It's going to end up buying him way too much time. Um. You think so? I mean, look. Let, let's look at it this way. All right. Let's look at the schedule. Right. Denver. They won tonight, so they're seven and mm. seven. Okay. Yeah. They get 
Denver tomorrow without Nikola Jokic and Bones Highland and maybe no Aaron Gordon. Wow. That could be like, I mean, they could still definitely lose that game. Don't get me wrong. Dude, but, if they lose to DeAndre Jordan, fire him. Just, just fire, fire him at halftime. Fire him lost, at halftime. They nearly lost to fucking Montrez Harrell and Paul Reed. I promise you <laughs> they can lose to, to DeAndre Jordan's corpse and whatever <laughs> the hell else Denver has. Um, then you get then you get the Warriors on Friday, who they have done the smart thing of no longer playing James Wiseman in NBA minutes. So they should like that's probably a loss. And then you get the Suns on Sunday. But like I mean I the Suns No Cam been, Johnson to bury us this yeah. time. And can and, and the Suns have been like they started off really hot, but they've been shaky lately. And then you get the Thunder on Monday, and it's like I know the Thunder just put up one forty five on us, but it's like I can see the Knicks winning that game. Like that's not like inconceivable law, a game that you'd be like, no, like there's no way they can do that one. Um, I, I don't know. I I worry like if you get the Nuggets one and then you get the Thunder one, that let's say you lose the other two, you're sitting at nine and nine after this brutal West Coast trip, right? And and then you get he gets three days off in between uh, t- until they play the Trailblazers on Friday, so four days actually. Um, I don't know. I, I think this. I think this goes to like New Year's, uh, maybe. But oh, that's too long. I, you're, I might hurt someone. You're telling me, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm so serious. That's way too long. I can't. I can't. Do that. Um. All right. So here we go. All right. How good do you guys think Cam can be? Some think we might be in the midst of his breakout. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of tweets today saying he might be the most talented player on the Knicks. I, I like, might have to swallow a lot of crow. I was like, well, let's, you know, let's oh. let's slow down, everyone. Let's slow down. But I do like how he's been playing as of late. So He's going to get a bag. <laughs> um, bag off of two games. We, we, dude, you know Wayne's getting paid. Wayne's getting paid, bro. All right, but, like, let's – I just want to see I, more I, a consistent – Stretch a longer Absolutely, stretch. Absolutely, but it's like so far in the season, I'm gonna pull up his stats. Like for the season, he's at, uh, yeah, he's at nine and a half two rebounds, but he's shooting a good old actually fifty six true shooting. But he had that one like oh and oh for a game that I like, kind of knocked his true shooting out of whack. But like otherwise, like the dude is finishing up the paint. He's cut out a lot of the mid range shots. He's able to like manipulate defenses now, especially attacking closeouts. And, like, his defense has been stellar so far, um, especially with his ability to get into passing lanes. Like, he just had – remember, he had, like, one steal tonight where like, he basically just came out of nowhere and just, like – and just, like, did that. So – It's – I'm going to say something gross, but, like, this is actually – like, I know that we just dumped on Tibbs a bunch. But, like, I think he's actually been good for camp. Um, like, yeah. I think he's good at developing guys. He's good at getting guys – to get better on defense. And like, it's been fun to like dump on him and like, you know, Oh, the Thunder scored one forty five. Like, I still don't think like, I'm not really that super concerned about the defense. Cause like the Thunder game just looked like one of those games where that kind of happens sometimes in the NBA where like, you're just like, yeah, nobody's going to try on defense today. Cool. Whatever. Like, I feel like this happens too great. our team though. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't great. I didn't love it. And I, I do think there's like his, kind of inflexibility schematically is probably, but because of that inflexibility schematically, I think you see guys like Cam who now they've been in this system. They've been, they know exactly what they're supposed to do or not, not that they know exactly, but like they're so drilled in doing the same things over and over and over and over again. Yeah. You get better at it and you become a better defender because of that. And so like, um, I think you're seeing that with Cam. I think his awareness is better. He still falls asleep trailing three-point shooters sometimes, but like, like to Tyrese's point, he he's so long that you can he can still contest. He can still affect those plays. He gets you know he he deflects passes all the time. He's in the passing lanes. He had a really nice recovery block today too. I think was that in the first yeah. half. Uh, in the first half, yeah. And like, look, he's just he's a six-eight wing man with a seven-one wingspan. Like at the end of the day, like that you can't. Those guys are with those is, dimensions are just hard to find. It is hard to fuck up being six eight and seven one, dude. Like it's hard. And if he's gonna play like that, then like 
who's to say he doesn't get like an MLE, like a full MLE from somewhere? I think that might be like what you're looking at right now. Um, I saw like a report that basically said that that was his market. And like, if he's going to play like this, then you're looking at like 12 to 14 a year. Because like, he's just solid, efficient, good two-way player. Like that's what happens with role players in the league, they get paid. But yeah, like he's playing really well. And uh, to your point, like, I think Tibbs helps development a lot because, like, I think Tibbs gets guys to play at an NBA level. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, his biggest calling cards um, as a coach. Like, he's able to maximize dudes for better or for worse because, like, DJ Augustine, like, he was able to have a, a fucking playoff team with DJ Augustine, like, running point and Nate Robinson running point. Um, Keith Bogan's playing, like, a significant role. Like, he's able to get guys to the point where they're able to play in the NBA but when you want them to like take the next step, he's usually not the person for that ride. So like, yeah, he's he's probably the best thing for Cam right now because Cam needed to be told, hey, you're not taking that shot. You are going to sit here in the corner, you're going to fill lanes, and you're going to play defense. And this is what's going to get you a second contract in the league that's not Kevin Knox-based. So like, Tibbs makes a lot of sense for him. He makes a lot of sense for Tibbs on the roster right now. He pre- he's providing like a lot of the event generations that the team's been missing, especially with his turnovers, his ability to like, contest at the POA. He's gotten better. I fe- I just feel like he's been on a really solid role defensively, and now the offense starting to pick up as well. And yeah, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You just gotta hope that like he continues to play like this, and he doesn't see himself as like Paul George again. But if he's gonna be a star yes. in his role, if he's gonna be a star in his role like this, then like. What more do you say about him? He's playing really, really well. Yeah, you definitely want him to stay contained within that role because he's thriving in it. Um, I've I've seen some shots. I've seen the he's he's taken. I think he took like one mid range shot maybe once. Uh, I think that's when he was just like really feeling himself against like OKC. He um, he took two, but he like hit them both. He hit them both right. Yeah. yeah, so if he's feeling himself, I just don't want him to get too much in that mode of like, hey, I'm Paul George now. Let me just like but take all these other shots. I actually, I really, I think he's actually, he's actively picked his like, spots. Like, no, like today there were there were three or four or five times in this, especially in the like in the second end of the second quarter and then into the second half, where like he easily you could tell his brain was like, oh man, it's cam time. And then, like, he stopped and then just swung the ball to somebody. Like, yes. he was, like, about to, like, go into his behind-the-back, you know, bullshit, step-back, all that nonsense. But he, he, <laughs> he, like, was about to, then he'd be like, okay, sorry, give it to Jalen Brunson and get the hell out of the way. All right, yeah. give it to Julius Randle or else he might cry and piss his hands <laughs> if I don't give him the ball. Like, <laughs> like it, it, he, it, you can see, like, he's consciously trying to make smarter decisions, and I think you're seeing that also – with the shot distribution, right? I think he's basically like Daryl Morey. If you showed him, if you showed Daryl Morey his shot chart, he might be willing to just like trade you Tyrese Maxey for him at this point or something. Like he's like his shot chart is so clean Pris- right now. It's pristine. Yeah, it's it literally just shots at the rim, free throws, and threes. That's about it. And not just threes, like mostly corner threes too. Yeah, he has been hooping the way that like Daryl Morey envisioned. Like this is Daryl Morey's utopia. Oh, to like to like hammer home that point. Right now, um, he is taking thirty-seven percent of his shots at the rim. He's taking another fifteen percent of his shots in like floater range, and he is taking five percent of his shots in the mid range. And then he's up to forty-two percent of his shots as threes. Beforehand, his career rate is like twelve percent of his shots. So, like, he cut his shots effectively by less than half in the mid range. And as a result, he is significantly more efficient, and he's become basically the best version of himself as like a role player. Like, he's OG and it'll be light, and he's shooting 50, he's shooting fifty five percent from the corners. So that there you have it. Cam is Darren Morey's wet dream. Tyrese's cam fam now. Interesting development to the season. I feel disgusting. Um, 
I think this is where we can leave off for today. Um, we do have Denver tomorrow, so we'll be back on tomorrow. Um, Yay. Or not even tomorrow, but the day after, since the game will end at midnight. Um, oh, yeah, tomorrow's even later. It's 9.30 tip-off? Um, 10. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I hate those. I'm going to take a nap, actually, before the game, just so I can, like, stay up and watch it. Because I'll be like knocked out if I don't. Um, that's what working with pre-K students will do to you. Um, but yeah, we'll be back um, the day after tomorrow to recap the Denver game. Oh, guys, real real quick, Ben Simmons cracked double figures for the first time today. So wow, it He's happened in a blowout. People, some it. some people predicted it would happen in a blowout in a blowout win, and it did. Not a blowout win, but a blowout game, and it did. Wow. Um, he, I wonder what that easily, odds were for that, like plus two fifty. He's easily gonna be the worst contract in the league, right? Who? Simmons. Simmons. Well, I would trade our worst contract for Ben Simmons in like five seconds. Seriously? Yeah, because it's shorter. Mm. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's only got two years left on that thing. Ah, Brian Benjamin is here. You are alive. You didn't. Add comments before the stream, but he said Obi couldn't get 20 minutes. No, he could not. You know how it goes around here. Okay, um, three years versus four years, but yeah. Oh, I thought it was much shorter, but yeah. yeah. But we could, we could, we could do the the Randall and Fournier for Ben Simmons swap. And the best part is Ben Simmons doesn't want to play, so he'd be happy. He'd be like, he'd be like, great. This guy's not going to play me more than seven minutes a half, backing up Obi Toppin. Perfect. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is exactly what I want. <laughs> and he's never going to play me at the five. Great. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Brian Benjamin, I see you have finally arrived in the chat, but we are closing up shop tonight. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Make sure you leave a like, subscribe. We are on our way to 1K subs. We will be back the day after tomorrow to recap the Denver Nuggets game. Hopefully it is a win, or maybe you're hoping that it's a loss so that way Thibs gets fired sooner. I don't know. But check out everything Strickland-related in the description. We have links to the site, Patreon, merch, and Twitter. All great ways to support us, all different ways to support us. Um, do as you please with that information. We will be back um, after the Denver game. See you then. Peace. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.